With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. This is the Turn on the Jets Podcast. Turn on the Jets Podcast. And now, here's your host, Joe Caparoso. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another special Saturday edition of the Turn on the Jets podcast. Today, we're going to be joined by former New York Jets offensive lineman Damian Woody uh, to talk about the state of the Jets offensive line, uh, their decision to hire Adam Gase, Frank Pollock, uh, and Greg Williams, uh, get Damian's Super Bowl prediction, and also just talk about the overall state of the Jets organization heading into this offseason. It's about an 18-minute interview uh, that we're going to dive into uh, real quickly here. If you didn't get a chance yet, listen to Thursday's episode in our normal slot with Connor Rogers. We do about 35 minutes on the 2019 NFL draft. A uh, really good in-depth conversation, and we'll definitely check in with Connor a few more times before the Jets decide what they do with their third overall pick. Reminder that I am in Atlanta for the Super Bowl. Uh, so give me a follow on Twitter at Jay Caparoso and give us a follow on Instagram at turnonthejets underscore IG uh, to follow me bouncing around Atlanta uh, to the game, to NFL honors, and hopefully we'll grab some interesting content with some of the wide range of media play- media members, players, coaches who will all be down there. My first Super Bowl should be fun. Uh, of course, the Patriots are there, so not the best situation. Uh, before we jump into our interview with Damian, want to give my Super Bowl prediction. Uh, as it stands right now, the Patriots are still sitting at two and a half point favorites. Looks like the over-under is going to hover in around 55 or 56. Uh, I would love with my heart to bet on the Rams and pick the Rams. I do think the Rams have a better chance than most people are giving them. But gun to my head, if I had to make a selection, you'd probably go with New England here. Uh, I think the over in New England finding a way to cover that two, two and a half, whatever it settles in at, probably makes the most sense. I do think they match up pretty well with the Rams and the way they've been moving the football, particularly running the ball, uh, is going to be challenging. And how they, you know, Brady does his thing with the quick releases and how they move the football, getting James White involved out of the backfield. They've been signs of life from Gronk. Uh, you know, Goff is going to need to play the game of his life, and he was excellent in the second half against the Saints. You know, I don't doubt McVay's ability to come up with something creative and outside the box. That's why I do think this will be a one-possession type game. But ultimately, late in the game, I do think the Pats will find a way to pull it out. Unfortunately, and no, I don't think Tom Brady or Bill Belichick is going to retire, win or lose in the Super Bowl, which sucks, but it's just the reality of the situation for the Jets. As an AFC East team, um, one question 
uh, that I keep getting online about the Jets this offseason, unrelated to free agency, unrelated to the NFL draft, is about their jerseys. Everyone's very excited about the Jets' new uniforms. Uh, great marketing for the NFL and the Jets. I, I can't imagine they're going to sell out. I mean, they're gonna, I can't imagine how quickly they're going to sell these things when they go out. I began to question about timing and design. There's all types of rumors floating around. All I can tell you is that I have heard that April 4th or right around then is when we'll probably see that new design released uh, formally by the team. I'm sure someone will try to leak it out before, but I'd look uh, to right around that first week of April for when we're going to see that design rolled out. Uh, in terms of what I've heard about it, and again, I am not a reporter, so please take my what my rumors that I've heard with a grain of salt. I've heard there's a black alternate jersey, but the primary jersey does not have a dramatic change uh, to the current logo. I've heard there's a different shade of green that skews a little closer towards the Kelly green. And that's basically it. Not a ton of information, nothing all that radical, but that's what I've heard. Could be right, could be wrong, but I'd be looking for that stuff to be rolled out uh, April 4th, so then you could go buy... Your new Sam Darnold jersey, your old Jamal Adams jersey, or you could just go to our Jets Loyalist store and buy a Save a Sam shirt and a President shirt, or you could buy all of it all together. Anyway, we're going to jump into our interview with Damian Woody now. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next Thursday with a normally scheduled episode, so make sure to subscribe on iTunes. Hit us with a rating. We're well up over 300 now. Let's get to 400. New feeds available on Spotify or Google Play that I'll share out with the new episodes, so keep an eye out for those. And we are now joined by today's guest, former New York Jet, currently one of the best out there in sports media, has made uh, the seamless transition from a professional athlete to sports media. Second or third time on the podcast, I think, over the past few years, Mr. Damian Woody. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. So I want to dive right in talking about the offensive line, something that not a lot of people have expertise in, and obviously this is an area that you do Off the top, one of the most common things I see from fans or from people talking about the sports is the sport is why can't you just move example left tackle down to left guard? Or why can't we just move this right tackle to left tackle? So an example for the Jets is, well, maybe they should draft Jonah Williams, but move Calvin Beecham to right tackle, even though he's been playing left tackle. Basically, are the offensive line positions as interchangeable as people tend to talk about them as being? Yeah, you know, it's people think that it's just as easy as well. We can just, you know, put you know a, a right tackle and move them to left tackle. What people don't understand is when it comes to offensive line play, it's a couple things. Number one, it's a muscle memory thing. If you're going to make a if you're going to make a switch with a guy, it's better to, it's better to do it after uh, after the off season when you've had time to rep it. You know, time after time after time. Uh, I think a lot of fans don't understand just how delicate that situation is of just, you know, making a, a big move like that. Uh, most guys have only rep one position, um, you know, for most of their career. So for you for you to ask another play, ask a player to make a switch to another position, um, it, it takes it takes some time. So it need, it needs a lot of rep and and overall, um, just the when I look at the Jets offensive line, the, ke- the you know the chemistry. I think one thing that stood that stood out to me watching the Jets offensive line last year was the negative plays uh, in the running game. That's the number one killer. That's the number one thing we always talk about uh, when I was a player is that you can't have negative plays. And how many times when we watched the Jets off the line last year where they was, you know, second and 12, second and 11, where they had negative yardage, 
it hurts it hurts you so bad being behind the down and distances. Um, so to me, that's the one area that the Jets need to improve upon is the is the play up front with the offensive line. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. How do you rank the priorities of? I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Tackle, guard, center. Where does the most work or the most improvement need to come from? Where should they be focusing their energy in free agency and in the NFL draft? Well, listen, I... <clears throat> You know, I was, uh, you know, I, I've been tooting Jonah Williams, uh, Williams, his, uh, you know, his ability to be able to, you know, come to the Jets. We don't know what the Jets are going to do as far as free agency, um, trading down uh, in, in the NFL draft. But, you know, I've been high on Jonah Williams uh, the whole season. I think he's very, he's a very efficient uh, tactician. Uh, he's been well coached at, at the University of Alabama. And I think he would be a, a great fit, but, you know, overall, what you're seeing a lot in in NFL offensive lines um, is you got to have the you got to stabilize the middle, the interior of your offensive line because it's so important to keep what we call the depth of the pocket. You know, where the quarterback has has room to step up and deliver, or in the run game, uh, having the running backs having the ability to make those cuts in the interior of the offensive line. And quite honestly, that's been a problem area for the Jets. Um, it seems like in the in the past few seasons, the interior the offensive line. So, um, the Jets going to need multiple new pieces in in that offensive line, especially in the interior. When you look at the recent hire they made, they hired the former Cincinnati Bengals offensive line coach Frank Pollock. He used to be with the Dallas Cowboys. Last year, they were running a, a pretty zone heavy scheme, I believe, with with Rick Dennison, and it seemed like guys like James Carpenter and Brian Winters struggled. Struggle particularly with that. Carpenter is a free agent. How do you think the scheme could change with Pollock, or how do you think it should potentially change, assuming they have, I don't know, let's say they'll probably have at least three of the five same starters back next year? Yeah, I think what, you, I think what you'll see from, um, from Frank Pollock in a, in a running game is you're going to see a, 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 a diverse rushing attack. And what I mean by that, you'll see a rushing attack where – You'll see, you know, a gap scheme. You'll see counter schemes. You'll see traps. Um, you know, you'll see a lot of variety depending on the opponent that you play week in and week out. Um, you know, last year what you saw from the Jets is it was almost like putting a, 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 a you know, a, a square peg in a round hole uh, because, it, you know, Rick Dennison loved his own running scheme, but you necessarily might, have not, might not have the personnel to run the zone running scheme up front with the offensive line. Usually in that zone running scheme, you have, you know, smaller guys, a little bit more nimble guys that, that, that can move really well. Well, you know, you look at a James, James Carpenter, this is a guy who's been, you know, throughout his career, predominantly, a, a you know, a power guy, a guy, you know, who's, who excelled at man blocking and, and power schemes and so on and so forth. So I didn't necessarily see the, the fit with the zone running scheme, that it just tried to use last year. So I think they're going to marry what, you know, bringing in a Frank Pollock, they'll marry the scheme 
with the personnel and, and be and be really effective with it. What were your initial reactions of thoughts to the Jets' decision uh, to hire Adam Gase as their next head coach? He was a guy – there was a lot of talk about Mike McCarthy, a lot of talk about Matt Rule, Cliff Kingsbury. Gase then somewhat came out of nowhere uh, to ultimately get the job. What was your initial thought and reaction to the decision? Um, initially, I, you know, initially, I wasn't a big fan of it, um, simply because I just felt like um, – you know, you heard some rumblings down in Miami um, where, you know, you talked about, you know, maybe some players didn't like him down there. Um, and just the fact of, you know, this is a guy who was dismissed from Miami, Miami Dolphins and, and then gets hired right away. And the first thing I thought in my mind, I thought of two people, Eric Mangini and Rex Ryan. It's basically, you know, similar type things happened with them, and it didn't work in either case, in either case when they were hired again the second time. So, you know, that was my initial fear. Um, We're bringing in Adam Gates right after being let go in Miami. Um, I think the key, you know, the key key here is, you know, the the type of staff that he's putting together. So far it looks like, you know, it's it's a pretty impressive staff that he's putting together. I like the Greg Williams hire, uh, keeping a boy as special teams coach, what I think was was pretty impressive. So um, it seems like, Getting the right assistance and doing what's not just hiring your buddies, but getting the right guys in there is, uh, uh, you know, that's a first step in the right direction. You mentioned you like the Greg Williams hire. What do you think he's going to bring to the Jets defense, and how do you think he's going to shake things up? Do you think he's going to be able to get more out of guys like Leonard Williams and Darren Lee, who I'd say have been somewhat disappointing through their first three or four years as guys who were taken in the first round? What, what are you expecting to see from this defense, and how is it going to be different from what we saw under Todd Bowles the past four years? Well, listen, I think, you know, first of all, let me say, I think Todd Bowles is an excellent, uh, excellent defense of mine, and I wish him nothing but the best down there in Tampa Bay. I think he's going to do great down there. Uh, with that being said, moving forward, I think Greg Williams is going to, Number one, he's a fiery coach, and he's going to he's going to demand accountability. And I think that's one of the things that that you know we that's I think it's kind of been lacking, especially on the defensive side of football. When you've invested, you know, all of those high picks uh, on the defensive side of football, you want some return on those guys. Whether it's Darren Lee, Leonard Williams, you want those guys to be playing at a high level. And I think that's where Greg Williams comes in at and demanding it demanding excellence from you know from those guys because if those guys are playing up to their capability this just defense can be really really good so i think it you know that's why it's a great hire in my opinion looking back over at the potential work the jets need to do this offseason i think this roster needs a lot of work i think all of us agree on that i'm not sure how you couldn't at this point when you look at free agency, which I think tends to sometimes not live up to the hype that fans will make it out to be, just because teams usually have the flexibility to keep their best players, what do you think a realistically successful Jets free agency period looks like that gives them the opportunity to really move the ball forward uh, with the current state of their roster? Well, listen, I think number one, the number one objective for the Jets you know, heading into free agency this offseason in general, is you got to surround Sam Donald with more talent offensively. You know, this is an offensive-driven league. I mean, look at the, the four teams that were in the in the championship games. You're talking about the top, basically the top four 
uh, offenses in the National Football League. So you got to be, you have to be able to score points. Uh, so for the Jets, you got to surround Sam Darnold with more talent, whether it be offensive line, which I think the Jets are gonna, definitely going to do address that area. Um, getting uh, getting a, a number one wide receiver, uh, whether it be draft or trade for a number one, sign a, a, a legit you know running back. I know a lot of people have talked about Le'Veon Bell. And with the Jets having over $100 million in salary cap space, they'll, they'll have an opportunity to address a lot of these things and, and also pass rush. I mean, how many years have we talked about with the New York Jets that they haven't had you know, a legit edge rusher? Um, so I'm sure that's something that's going to be explored, but those guys don't shake free that often. So um, there's a lot of work that needs to be done, but when you have the number three overall pick and you have a, over $100 million in salary cap space, you're able to make up a lot of ground. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Sam Darnold's rookie year, a little up and down, but closed on a very positive note, particularly against Houston and Green Bay. You saw some of the improvisation, some of the playmaking ability, the reason that he was the third overall pick in the NFL draft. What are your expectations from Sam Darnold in his second season? And just how good do you think this guy could be? And where do you think he's going to fit into that hierarchy of uh young quarterbacks going forward you know with watson and mahomes trubisky baker a lot of new faces in the afc in particular but then also throughout the league what are you expecting from donald in this second season i think the sky's the limit for sam donald i really do i think what you saw from him you saw a 21 year old quarterback who went who went through ups and downs but towards the end, end of the season um, you saw like you you got a peek into uh, what the future what the future can be for Sam Donald. I mean, this is a guy who, quite frankly, wasn't surrounded with a bunch of talent, but boy, did he show off elite traits that make you salivate if you're a fan. Um, and I think that's why Adam Gases and, and the whole organization is so excited. If you can surround this guy with with more talent, with some elite talent. Man, this guy can make a huge leap going into year two, and I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Again, you're talking about the number three overall pick, over $100 million in salary cap space. If the Jets uh, address this judiciously and, and really add on to this offense, this offense could take could just grow by leaps and bounds in year two. You mentioned that they have this cap space. They have the third overall pick. They got an exciting young quarterback. We know they have Jamal Adams. Am I crazy for thinking it's fair to expect or somewhat demand as a fan that this is year five for the Jets GM? They haven't made the playoffs in eight years. It's the third longest drought in the NFL. They're 14 and 34 over the past three years. I've seen Trubitsky, Jackson, Watson, Mahomes, Wentz, Dak, Goff, all of them the playoffs within the first two years of their career. Why is it? Why should the expectations for the Jets this year not be to compete for a playoff spot and to be over five hundred? How many years is this rebuild permitted to go on? Well, I, I think I think I think a lot of Jets fans are not. They're not. I don't think a lot of Jets fans are going to feed into the rebuild uh, moving forward. To be honest with you, um, the the expectations will be high uh, again. If you go if you go by the, the timeline of what the Jets laid out there, of the way they this this whole rebuild has been going, next year is supposed to be the year where the Jets be, should be competing for a playoff spot. You got your you bet you stripped down your roster. 
you got your quarterback. You got other pieces on the team. You got a hun- over $100 million in cap space. Now it's just up to Mike McCagney and his staff to get the right pieces in, pay- in place. And listen, we've seen – how many times have we seen teams go from worse in their division to first or worse to, to the playoffs? We, we see this like every year. So it's not far-fetched to expect the Jets to be to go from worse in the division to possibly being a playoff team. I think that should be the expectation. All right, final question before we let you go, because we've been kind of aligned on this, I've noticed through Twitter. Tell me, you're, you've been in the league, you cover the league now. Explain to me why, from someone with more of an inside access than I do, why was 100% of the pressure and the blame put on Todd Bowles? So I don't think Todd Bowles did a good job at all as the Jets head coach, and I think it was more than fair for the team to move on from him. Why was no attention seemingly put on the front office for the struggles they've had in the recent years and the timeline that they're working with? You know, that's, that's a great question. I, I, you know, that was one of the things uh, – I, I remember back in November, uh, I had tweeted out that I thought this would have been like the perfect offseason, the perfect offseason for the Jets to wipe the slate clean because you got your quarterback, you got all the co- other couple pieces uh, on the roster, and you got all this cap space. And I just felt that in four years, how much better had the roster gotten in four years under Mike McCagney? You know, that was my whole issue. You know, the Jets went all in in 2015, and they came up a game short. They lost the last week in Buffalo. So they, told, they, went, they pivoted and said, you know what, we're going to strip it all down. So Mike McCagney had all that time, along with Todd Bowles, to retool and restock the roster. Uh, to get this to get this uh, roster up to par, and anyone looking at the Jets roster can see that's not the case. And even you know your your star player Jamal Adams came out and said we need more dogs on the roster, which is he's absolutely correct. There's just not enough talented players, not enough difference makers on this Jets roster. And to me, you know more pressures, you know more pressures should have been mounted on Mike McCagney um, for the lack of playmakers on the roster. All right, Damian Woody, we appreciate you taking the time for joining us. Everyone make sure to give him a follow on Twitter. You're all over the place and the other media outlets. Uh, give me your uh, Super Bowl prediction. We're going to be running this Saturday. I cannot believe that I have to watch the Patriots in the Super Bowl again, ninth time. What do you think? Do you think this is a Patriots blowout, or are we looking at a potentially close game here? Well, I hate to, you know, I hate to uh, say it for for. Jets fans, but I think the Patriots are going to win their sixth Super Bowl. I just, uh, this, I just think that the Patriots they they match up very well with the Los Angeles Rams, and and uh, it's just hard to it's just hard to to bet against Bill Belichick and Tom Brady uh, in the biggest moments, uh, in biggest moments in the season. So I think they they'll pull this one out. All right. Well, I hope you're wrong, but probably not. So we shall see. Thank you again for joining us, and uh, we'll definitely grab some time later in the offseason. All right. Sounds good. Thank you for having me.